0: You're listening to the Keep Writing Podcast, a resource for Christian women who are ready to write their first book and then more, so they can guide their readers into spiritual freedom while guiding their own families into financial freedom. I'm Nika Maples, and let's jump into episode 98 Trust Your Life Experience. I'm excited to share a beautiful conversation and interview with you. In this episode, one of my clients from the Keep Writing course, Kay Nell Miller, shares how the Lord leveraged her life experience to write her first book, and all for His glory. So many new writers worry that they are not equipped or not educated enough or just don't have enough material to share with their readers. But k proves that the Lord can help you take the lessons you've learned in your personal life and bring them to the table in service of others. This interview is powerful. k shares how she's chosen to live her life purpose wherever she is, how her mother lived her life purpose wherever she was and all the way to the end, and how you can live your life purpose wherever you are as well. So listen in and be encouraged. Well, Kaynelle, thank you so much for being on the Keep Writing Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. I'm thrilled to be here. Yay. Okay. So I know what your book is about, but I have a listener out there today who wants to know what Is your book about what's, give me a summary in a sentence.
1: Okay. It's about 13 years caregiving for my mom. And then plus about 30 practical tips, um, for caregivers, like how to's really, that's what it's
0: about. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So for the person who is new to caregiving, would this book be applicable to them? Would it be applicable to the person who has been caregiving for a long time? Who is this book for? It's for both, actually.
1: Um, a person who is just beginning to care, be a caregiver will find a myriad of um, stories and helpful hints and tips and how-tos, um, and it, w- it will clarify where they're heading. A lot, um, and it's also for experienced caregivers because I get what it's about. Because thirteen years is a long time, and there's a lot of ups and downs. But the the core issues are are worldwide really for caregivers, and so I think it will be a lot of encouragement for them to keep to keep going with the caregiving and uh, do it in a way that honors the person that they're caregiving for the care recipient.
0: Mm. So um, wh- what is your definition of a caregiver? It's an advocate, someone who cannot make
1: decisions, care, take care of their own needs. Sometimes it could be for a day. It could be for years. Uh, most caregivers are caregivers for about four to five years in the U S. So um that's what it's about.
0: (laughs) So so when people cannot take care of their own needs for medical reasons or or whatever, uh, they need an advocate. And this person who's going to speak, be a voice for them uh, uh, in certain situations and also um, physically meet their needs. Absolutely. It could
1: be a disabled child. It could be an elderly person. I've even had moms uh, talk with me about, caregiving for their children because we are it's a giving thing that Mm. we're doing and
0: uh, so it's it's a wide range of people. Mm. So when did you start thinking about writing a book?
1: I thought about writing a book about a year before I joined the group of yours. My son went to a seminar and it was on writing a book but it was on writing a book quickly. So when he came home he gave me like I made a topical list like of and in detail a lot of what I wanted to cover in a book. So I listed all the topics to cover and that's where I started. And then I hit a stalemate because I didn't really know the process of writing. I had a baby step <laughs> of where I wanted to go with it and that it was in me, mm-hmm. that it kind of burned in me. Mm hmm. And the phrase that burned in me was unable to resist. I thought I'm unable to resist caregiving for mom. Mm -hmm. I I don't want to do it. I I wasn't Mm -hmm. excited about it, but that's how it started for me with the ideas that my son gave me and I was okay. And then it went dead for a while.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What stage is your book in right now?
1: I'm in the, the manuscript is done and I'm looking for an exterior and an interior designer for my Mm -hmm. book. And I'm also in this time that seems like dead time of searching for that. I'm rereading my manuscript in a new light. And so I'm sharpening it and I love that, which Mm -hmm. I thought I was
0: totally sharpened away.
1: (laughs) But
0: it was. <laughs> oh man, we could talk about that a while because that the revision process—that is what so many new writers are really—they they are not looking forward to that. Man, they want to avoid Nothing. revision. They're like, just let me—I want to get it done. And <laughs> no one expects that there's actually pleasure that comes from revising it when you've taken a moment to finish it and then you've taken a break from it. And you go back, you're like, wow. Here are some ways they could make it better, and it is actually a little bit of fun. Well, I remember
1: you telling uh, me to, you need to edit it basically to proofread ten times, and I can remember saying, "Well, how about five? I mean, really? I don't. <laughs> oh my goodness, I've done it way over ten times, and <laughs> and it and there was a pleasure in doing it. Yes, uh, you're right.
0: Yes, yes. yeah. Awesome. Yes. I know when I tell people that it might take about 10 times or revising it, I think what people get afraid of is the timing. Like everybody's in such a hurry, but they don't realize that the hard work we put in on <laughs> the front end of a book makes it easier to sell on the back end of a book. In, instead, people want to rush the front end, and then it takes a long time to sell on the back end with mm-hmm. the hard work. That you're doing right now is worth it, but it's also, like you said, it's it's pleasurable. So tell us, we now we know kind of like where you're sitting with the whole kingdom-focused writing project that God's put on your heart. So tell yes. us bit about your personal background and how you got into caregiving and where you are with that. I'll make
1: it. I'll make it short on the front end. Um, I was an entre- entrepreneur. I was a businesswoman. I loved it. I soared in it and we had a wholesale coffee roasting business of our own for about 20 years with my husband. So it was my dream job. We had about 10 employees. Even the bad days were fantastic. And then we were married 18 years and we had reached a lot of our goals. And our son was born after 18 years of marriage. Everything changed. So I couldn't wait to retire then. And Phil wanted, my husband wanted to. Retire also because he didn't want to be there without me. So we retired at 43 years old. And eight days, eight days later, we were in Maui. Eight days later, my mom had her first stroke. And I remember my brother calling and saying, mom had a stroke. We've taken her to the hospital. They've released her. She's going to have to go back to the doctor. You know, they did whatever they did there. And. I knew at that very moment, the day before we left Maui, that I was the one. I could tell by the voice of my brother, that he was just waiting for me to get home. <laughs> and it scared me a lot. Of course, I was, I was concerned about my mom, but honestly, I was kind of concerned about myself a lot. And so that's when my caregiving really began And it wasn't the picture of retirement I had pictured at all. And it went from there. She had about nine TIAs over the 13 years. Um, I think she had one other stroke. And she then dementia set in slowly. And so it was uh, the emotional ride of my life. And I couldn't have made it without God. I mean, I talked to him so many times and listened and even though talking and listening to him, it was difficult. It was grueling. Some days, some days were just wonderful, but I I always, she always oriented to me. And so I went almost every day and um, spent as much time as I needed to that day. And I brought my piano and played piano for her. She loved music. And so that's, that's where that was. And then,
0: 2011 um, when she had her first stroke she was then unable to care for herself and that's why you stepped in no she went back to her home we went back
1: to her home I took her in for all the appointments etc went back to her home and then she had to do rehab so sometimes I spent the night there and watched the PT and then I started doing those things with her and then she got so she could do pretty good. So, and then eventually she, they moved because she was on her third marriage. The other ones had passed away and she was about 85 and he was 90 something. So they went into assisted living at that point because they wanted to, mm-hmm. I wanted them to come to our place, etc. But so they chose mm-hmm. and then it went from there. She decided to have new knee surgery. That was special at oh. 85 had both her knees done. Wow. And said, Oh, be no problem at all. It, she'll do great. Cause she was, you know, a feisty one. She was strong willed and it was four months after that she had a stroke. And then she tried to get up and broke her femur. And oh, now she's, then she was in a wheelchair. So that changed a lot, you know, over a, I don't know, a year or two time.
0: Wow, and with dementia setting in, that really changed things.
1: That was uh, the saddest, probably. To usually, I would go in and take care of her, and then I'd cry in the hall or get in the car and cry, have a good one, um, because she was just going away slowly. But even when it got so, she chose not to talk. After many years, she could talk, but she was just she just didn't want to. But we we were so close that. I could read her eyes. She knew me and, and I would tell her, you know, stories about other people and things that she cared about. And sometimes I wrote things for a while. I wrote uh, who she was on a big sheet of paper, laminated it. So then caregivers also besides myself could read it to her wow. because she couldn't remember exactly who she was. And when I would read it, she was thrilled she'd had such a great life, you know? So,
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Wow. The interesting thing to me with the caregiving was many of her friends, and I think it's common with caregiving, you'll hear it or caregivers. Many of her friends said, I don't know why she's still alive. It wouldn't be better if she just died because I mean, she's, you know, what good is that? (laughs) And, I was stunned because I would never have wanted my mom to die, honestly, no matter. I mean, you just you just really don't. I didn't. And I knew that she was worthwhile. Every breath she took was from God. And when he was done with her purpose, she'd be done. So it was very sad. And I and I realized that they they couldn't handle seeing her like that. And so they considered that as their, their own pain. Yes. And they were expressing really their own pain. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, yeah.
0: every breath is from God. Isn't it yeah. so interesting that we, I'm going to say, we, we tend to do that and consider that somebody's life, <laughs> we, we think we can determine when they, it's it's enough there. They've done yeah. enough. they but every breath is from God and they, our breaths will not stop until he's ready.
1: Yes. She even told caregivers once in a while, if she, she would have a spurt of one caregiver came in and she goes, you know, we're going to, we're going to be in heaven soon. Now this was years before she actually passed. We're going to be in heaven soon. And I just want you to know it, that it'll be, everything will be okay. And the caregiver told me when I walked in to her apartment and she was stunned that my mom had said this, but she shared with me that she had had a cancer diagnosis. And so I go, that is purpose. Even in the, me- God is still in there. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And yeah. Some of the last things what we had to talk was we memorized scripture a lot as a child. And I knew some of her favorites. And so we would, I would start to say them and she would start to say them with me and you just can't beat that. And I thought those things are the last words on her lips. Will they be mine? I don't, I don't know. Important, important things to think about.
0: Important things. things. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness. Uh, I, I, first of all, for you to say God is still in there. I mean, that's a stunning thought, of course, for the Christian who has the Holy Spirit living inside them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I can honestly say that I've not considered that someone who was extremely old. I I mean, I knew knew on one level, of course, that God was still in there. (laughs) But to hear you say it so bluntly that way, it's a stunning thought that even someone who is old enough that certain parts of their body have stopped working and they may not even be able to speak, they're still a temple. They're yes. still a temple.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. And when we walked into her room, and I don't know if it was because I'm a Christian or not, there was a presence in her room even on the bad days, there was his presence in, in her room, in her apartment. I, I don't know how else to explain it, but there there was. Wow.
0: Yes. And uh, that's only explainable by mm-hmm. God's Holy Spirit. Living. Yes. And to think that, I mean, I, I'm also just taken aback by the idea that when I no longer even know what i'm saying that i will say scripture that's that would be my dream and life goal right yes that the yes. last word of my lips would be god's word yes yeah what a thought what a thought let's see so your book is mainly about your experience caring for your mother caregiving for my mom And then my caregiving
1: experience went a lot further than that um, after she passed for a year. But um, my husband had a a spinal cord injury. He was C3, C5, spinal cord injury. So I have 65,000 hours. I figured the other day of being a caregiver. And um, also, here's how good God is. Because that was a 180 also of caregiving. Unbelievable in a second. My entire life changed. His life, of course, his life
0: changed. Um, so, that is the part of your story that is fascinating to me is that you thought your transition from, you know, <laughs> to, to retirement, like, oh, this is the biggest transition. We're we're going to celebrate this transition by going to Maui, yeah. and then a one one second, it changed, and suddenly mm-hmm. you were caring for your mom, and then yes. When she passed, there might have been a, a moment of relief, of even oh, though yeah. grief, mm-hmm. but also the relief of, okay, it's a new season now. I'm no longer going to be. Yeah.
1: Yes, absolutely. One second. And God had other plans, you know, of, of how to shape us. And we've been married 47 years, and would I change everything <laughs> in a heartbeat? In a heartbeat. <laughs> but we have grown so much we were tight anyway we've grown so much closer in different ways with the caregiving um you and your husband and care recipient mm-hmm. with my husband and the beauty that god has put was one he can walk it's like on stilts but he can walk a little bit That's wow. we hired two nurses from uh George Fox college, a local college student nurses. My son ended up marrying one. Mm
0: -hmm. We never would have
1: met her ever. We never would have met her had this not happened. Did God make this happen? No, absolutely not. This is just life happening, but he certainly made something good completely. Yes, absolutely. And so, you know, like I say, it's it's hard. It's hard things. Caregiving for my mom was hard,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but by the time I I was caregiving for my husband, I knew all the equipment that was going to be used, and I went when I was when we were driving over to Ben literally to literally the caregiving equipment. Yes, yeah. yeah, because I mean it's massive, you know. And so when we drove over to Bend, the thought that kept going in my head. Son was there with me, a nephew, he was driving. The only thought that kept going through my head was, I was built for this. (laughs) I'm a businesswoman. What? That's all I could think of. I'm built for this. This is nothing. Of course, I had very hard days, but I was built for this. And that gave me peace. And I know that was a God thought.
0: Definitely, because I've heard you say, That it's not, it wasn't your gift.
1: (laughs) It It was was not my gift
0: at all.
1: Caregivers would say in in assisted living places, you ought to do this job. I said, you cannot pay me enough (laughs) to do this job. (laughs) This is about my mother. And yes, I'm happy to do it. I'm called to do that. Um, But no, I would never pick a caregiver job. Ever. So it was not my gift. It has become my gift.
0: Isn't that fascinating? Because (laughs) yeah, I wanted listeners to know when you had that thought, I'm built for this. It was in a sense, it was a foreign concept because you didn't pre your first encounter with caregiving with your mother um, you were unable, the thought was, I'm unable to resist this, mm-hmm. but it wasn't because you were drawn to it out of knowing, I know how to, how to mm-hmm. do this. You still mm-hmm. have this entrepreneurial mindset yes. a driven business. Uh, yes. And so it's not necessarily your first choice and in, in your gift, but God mm-hmm. trained you through your mother's experience.
1: And I used to those skills also from business, those skills of being driven, of being um resourceful, making decisions quickly. Wow. Those, you know, those things were used. It was just in a totally different way.
0: Wow. That's incredible. So the caregiving aspect for your husband is also part of the book it is not part of the book.
1: Not. I will not put that in a book yet. We're living it.
0: Yes. We're living it. So that's a fascinating um, aspect of writing. Could you share, uh, because so many new writers come to me and they ask questions about what should I share? What's too much? What can you, Mm -hmm. can you mind telling a little
1: bit about how you made that decision? I want to be respectful of him. And I knew that as we talked, that he he was not comfortable with that. And I wasn't quite ready either. It's so very personal what we're living. And we talk with a lot of spinal cord people, but I wasn't ready to put it in a book per se. I knew that mom, um, I changed names, actually, some in my book. I didn't at first, and I felt really good about it. <laughs> and I felt so good about it that I talked with God about it, and He wasn't as impressed. So <laughs> I, I changed the names in some of the book to protect the, the yeah. guilty, no. <laughs> to protect people, <laughs> to be kind, yeah. be mm. merciful. Right. It's
0: just grace. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then I knew. Right. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I, always, I do tell new writers, you know, this is between, I can't answer that question for you about what is too much. You always go to God with it. You always go to God with it. And you will, he leads forth with peace and you'll feel this kind of unsettled feeling of like, <laughs> Oh, and you might even try to justify it and defend your yep. decision. It won't feel like peace. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I left it the same way a long time.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: hit, that's exactly what happened. I started mm-hmm. like, that's, that's not very, that, but I want to see that person and have them know, you know, and they would probably read the book. So um, that was yeah. my answer.
0: Yeah. And, and when people mm-hmm. are, um, wanting to hurry because there's always an urgency. You got to hurry, got to hurry, got to get this out there because you just feel like surely the time is now. Well, the time to begin is now. And mm-hmm. the Lord knows the true timing of your, your manuscript, your book. And there's a lot of cooking that has to be done. There's a lot of marinating and a lot of cooking. And um, yes. that kind of thing um, came out that I think is important that When people hurry, they get themselves in a pickle because it took a moment for the Lord to kind of circle back with you about hey, 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 I know you think you're finished. Let's just go ahead and change this. That's happened to me. It's happened to you also. Oh, yeah, many times that I will write something and feel fantastic about it. And then I feel so fantastic. I'm like, every time I pray, (laughs) I I notice I'm making up a real convincing argument. Like, (laughs) why am I telling God all this? This is why I'm doing this, Lord. And I'm like, if I felt peace about it, this wouldn't even be in our conversation today. Yes. But but he's stirring me up to be like, no.
1: And the other. Yeah. The other part was my mom was extremely forgiving person easily. And That probably doesn't come as easily. I have to work on that like an onion sometimes with with some situations, but she was, she could easily forgive. And I thought she wouldn't even be holding this at all, Mm. but I wanted to tell the story of it anyway. And so Mm. I changed things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And um, to speak to um, the, the very present aspect of, a testimony like right now, you're living in a, a very particular situation that you're not ready to write about, and you didn't feel mm-hmm. like your husband was ready for you to write about, and mm-hmm. that I think a lot of for, for that reason, because like it's just not time yet. I think that's a reason not to include something in a manuscript, but also I think some people really, really want to write about something. When Mm -hmm. they think they're past it, like you're, you're Mm -hmm. actually in the present still in that story, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but there are a lot of people who think Mm -hmm. they're past something and actually they are not done healing. And Mm -hmm. you tell when, of course, this is not an element of your story, but like sometimes there's some betrayal that people want to write about and Mm -hmm. they think, oh, that happened five years ago. But you can just tell in a manuscript when there is still unresolved pain. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that would be my second piece of advice to any listener out there who's thinking about writing a manuscript, of writing a book. Um, one, if if you're wondering, should I include it, you may choose what what l is choosing here and saying, it's not time yet. We're living it. We're right in the middle of it. The most respectful thing for both of us is to to keep it just here between us. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that is that ask God, are you done healing? Has he Mm -hmm. created a health where there was once Mm -hmm. just a wound?
1: I will say though, that as I went through, I kept journals and I journal a ton. And also I had mom's books that we had had people write in when they came to visit, et cetera. It was very cathartic is what it was. I mean, there were days I wept a lot or I wrote and wept. And some days I would even, throughout the day, like after I'm writing, I would think I I should call her.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That's how much I was living it really um, with, through the writing. But what a healing thing that was um, to revisit it. And with the journals, I could see what was really truth because you forget some, you know, after a time. Yeah. So so it's very cathartic and that's a good thing, but yes, you should, yes, you have to work through it before. <laughs> yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So um just as a side note, we're not in the same area. We've never met in person. No. Um, so I'm in Texas, as m- my listeners know. And where are you generally located? Oregon. About 25 miles out of Portland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never even been to Oregon, but I have a friend there <laughs> in you.
1: <laughs> I love that. So It's
0: I believe it. I believe it. I've seen pictures and one day I might be able to make it make it up there. What how did you hear of me and what made you reach out to me? Well,
1: a friend, uh, Joanne had told me she called and said, you know, there's a Christian writers uh, group and I think you should really take a look at it. Well, you had already done your pre I don't know having people sign up, so I was oh, like I, yeah. probably one of the last people to sign up. Um, but I didn't sign up right away. I I immediately went to Google and <laughs> and I uh, put in your name, et cetera, and did my kind of research. And because I didn't want to be in a class of, and I don't know how to say it, I'm tactless sometimes, <laughs> airheady, you know, Christianese you know yes. you know you just stick that little verse on it you're going to be good <laughs> and <laughs> and so you i i read death. about you
0: you wanted oh, pardon death. you wanted some depth
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes and when i read about you i went oh my goodness she's been through a lot she knows what she's talking about probably and it's not going to be light it's going to be deep and i love deep so uh, that's what, that's what got me going.
0: <laughs> I've never heard you say that. That's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> I, I, I love deep too. So I know kind of what you're getting at. Um, deep calls to deep. And I guess you recognized it in me that we wouldn't stay surface level in my course. Right. So, I love, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that was like June of 2020, I think. Yes. Oh, a little a little over a year ago. I'm so glad you did join. Yeah, me too. Me too. It changed my life. Really? So oh, yeah. in, in what ways? Uh,
1: well, one of the ways it changed my life is that there was a step-by-step process. And every homework assignment or every assignment you gave, I can remember thinking, oh, there's no way I can do this. This is so hard. But I would do it anyway. And so would everybody else. That was in the class, and and then every step just built on the next one, and it would just got easier and easier, and you got more. I got more confident, and that I was doing my best, and that was enough. I didn't have to do anything perfect. I just had to do my best, and um, that day, you know. So I I loved it. It made all the difference. And then the other part that made the difference was doing pomodoros, which is you know, writing with other writers for, we started out at 25 minutes and then five minutes we chatted and then 25 minutes of writing. And our group usually does 45 now and five, but we (laughs) have gotten so close past writing that, you know, and they're, they're Christians and they're, they're deep. Yeah. They they don't have time for, you know,
0: no fluff, no fluff, no (laughs) fluffing. So. (laughs) Okay. So, um, so you meet, you're talking about meeting in a zoom room with some of the other women in the keep writing course that now y'all have been in there so long together. It's been, you joined about the same time. I think your group. Yes. Yes. That now you're friends beyond just writing buddies.
1: Oh yes. We've cried together. We've laughed together, um, and prayed together and, Honestly, there's some of my best friends now. I know that sounds crazy because we haven't like touched each other or anything, but. In real life. (laughs) No, in real life. But it's, it's deeper than some, some real life friendships. So I love it. I love that we're writing, and I also that we're falling hard after God.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so the thing that for the listener out there, who's like Pomodoro. So that's is referring to something I encourage in the course about meeting together in a Zoom room and just following a, a rhythm of writing for 25 minutes inside, like putting yourself on mute, writing for 25 mm-hmm. minutes, and then the the timer goes off and you just unmute yourself and you chat for five or 10 minutes, then you go back into a writing zone. And there's something about being in that zoom room with other writers that removes the solitary aspect of it. You get so much done. It's crazy. Cause you think, well, you're muted. What do you,
1: but just to see the other people that they're writing also, um, working on whatever project they're working on. It's so encouraging. And sometimes I've just, went in zoom and had a Pomodoro nobody came
0: it you know what I still wanted to write that was crazy yeah, yeah. That, um, I, I've done that too that an, announced in the group hey I'm hosting a Pomodoro yeah. session in my room and then no one happens to see it no one shows up but I'm yeah. still very focused time. Mm-hmm. the time the room is open I'm, I'm waiting if somebody might pop in so I'm like focused I get so much done I know I know yeah the Friendships that you're talking about, I mean, you were the very first group. My I launched my course in June of 2020. So the very first group that ever came in, you were in it. And um I remember being, I didn't know what to expect. I just knew that God had said, you know, people want to learn. Why don't you teach them? And I had always felt like I'm a writer and I'm also gifted to call out writers. And so I was like, I'm just going to call out writers. This is the only way I know how to do it is to teach them a step-by-step process that I wish I had known years before. And I just thought maybe they'll, maybe they'll connect with, I just figured maybe people would like to see one another's faces. <laughs> I didn't have, and when people started rolling in, I mean, it was shock enough for me. <laughs> I got somebody from the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> not, <laughs> the, not to mention that I had students rolling in, one from China, one mm-hmm. from uh the UK, several from um, New Zealand, several from Australia. When mm-hmm. it started happening, I was like, what? <laughs> the whole the whole world is seeing this course. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's almost like we put things online and forget. That everyone, I, I, I just was amazed to see these beautiful women coming in, and suddenly we were all friends. Yes. And that's what happened is that people have become friends in this course. And what I also love is that the more the merrier, because I've yes. launched it now five times, a few months apart each time. And when a new class comes in, it's like my mom would call it old home week. It's like, yeah. oh, we, we just bring, you and they're like, welcome, welcome to the family. And people are immediately um, invited to, to. Yeah, we have them in Pomodoros, you know, and they, yeah. they pop in and it's so exciting
1: because it's exciting to see somebody that's brand new. And what I love is hearing their stories of what they're going to write about it. And I want to read it. I can tell it's going to be good keep you know right. keep writing like you always say yes. and um it's amazing to me what god is leading other people to write about in their lives
0: it's yes. yeah yeah amazing yeah
1: yeah
0: and so go i got to say
1: one of my favorite times of working with you in zoom with the group and everything is when you took us to the zoo yes ah! you to the zoo sometimes and <laughs> i was stunned because we'd worked so hard you know and And here she is at the zoo. I'm like, what is she doing? (laughs) And then I got into it. I'm
0: like, we get to go to the zoo in Texas. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. Um, So for anyone listening, you know, I do coaching sessions once a week where I help people with their mindset and their frustration, even answer questions about coaching them through their subtitle or their outline or anything about their book. And there was this one, I usually do it sitting in my office area but there was this one day I just thought I think everybody needs a break a a fresh break so I went to to host my coaching session I just stood there with my phone and as people (laughs) passed by they were looking at me like what's this lady doing (laughs) and it's funny that you remember that because and that that was a good thing because since then, I have laughed with other course creators like me who, and I'm like, you'll never guess one time I did a coaching session. for <laughs> Yes, yes. After-
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think I loved it, especially because we couldn't go anywhere because it was COVID days. And, and so it was like, <laughs> <laughs> right. <That's laughs> and crazy. another thing was- I loved about your course was how honest and sincere you were and knowledgeable. There, there wasn't, to me, there wasn't any question that you knew exactly what we should be doing each time um, all along the way. And I love that you were so open and vulnerable. And I loved when you would do the video and sometimes you would go, uh, how do I turn this off? And I love that because it made you real, um, mm-hmm. not all packaged and finished. Um, but your course is very packaged and finished. <laughs> so it
0: gives, beautiful. It gives you the encouragement to know that anyone can do this when, when, it's time, when it's, I mean, if I were being real and being authentic shows you like, Hey, we're all going to mess up. We're all going to not That's know true. how to turn off the, yeah. the live, <laughs> the <laughs> Facebook live. We're going to do various things that feel silly, mm-hmm. but anyone can do it. You don't have yeah. to be perfect. Right. Correct. Yeah.
1: Just be so, yourself. What,
0: what advice do you have for any Christian who is thinking about writing a book for the first time? I think that at the end of
1: your course, you will be well on your way with your book mm-hmm. and you will, you will keep going because you'll be so encouraged to do so. And you'll know exactly what you're doing. I believe doing the assignments in your course is critical and it doesn't mean you have to do them, you know, every single week, you know, it's life happening, but I think making it a priority really helped me a lot. The Pomodoros helped me and um, I would really encourage them to create their own zoom meetings for the Mm -hmm. Pomodoros to write that we are all encouraging each other. There isn't any, I've never heard any negative talk honestly on, on any the- of the pomodoros so it's totally different to me um working with uh people who are focused who are god focused too and that who who did the course really because mm-hmm. that was the key for me so i would really encourage them that they'll be well on their way
0: yeah yeah, yeah. I think um, meeting together when you have a shared vocabulary of like, well, which subtitle did you choose and why, why did you choose this subtitle? You know, you have a shared vocabulary of knowing what you're doing together. That is, that's like accelerates people's progress. Yes. Yeah. I'm delighted to hear that you've never encountered a negative uh, thing. Mm. I'll tell you what, I have taken this seriously in prayer ever since i started it and i actually get in my closet and sit on the floor and pray for for the projects pray for the friendships and i think the reason you haven't heard any negativity because it's human nature to have things come up it Mm -hmm. has to be that the holy spirit is um is with us that he's Mm -hmm. directing us that he's blessing this group of people he's Mm -hmm. blessing projects. He's blessing their interaction with each other. And I, to hear you say that you see that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just, I praise him for that. That's all. Him. Yeah.
1: And people are real on there. I mean, they have, they have problems, etc. but we know where to take them. Mm-hmm. And there's just this, there's just this heart for each other That's that, awesome. not, yeah, that it isn't
0: common. So thank you. Thank yeah. you for all your prayers. Okay so if there's someone out there who is who needs some encouragement for caregiving who is looking forward to the day when your book comes out who wants to interact with you and and, mm-hmm. and hear some of the encouragement you already offer um, how can someone connect with you? Yeah um,
1: Well if you're on Facebook I have you can connect with me on Facebook Messenger Kanel Miller. I also have a Facebook business page that you can connect with me on. I also do a uh, one-on-one Christ-centered coaching for caregivers. I offer that. Um, Also, I have a private group that I just love, and it's called Authentic Caregiving. And it's a private Facebook group. You you answer a few questions, and you're in. Yeah, yeah. um, Authentic
0: caregiving.
1: Yeah. And then, yeah, authentic caregiving. It's a private Facebook group. And then my business page is not private. So you can go in and look at that. And
0: that's under your name? KNL Miller Authentic Caregiving. Okay. Yeah, I and K-A-Y and then capital N-E-L-L Miller. Correct. Miller. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then
1: they could always email me. I have no, that that's great too. knl 3 at gmail.com.
0: Oh my goodness. Well, I know that so many people that are, whose lives have changed in the blink of an eye, the way we talked about yours, they're, they're, they're in sudden desperate circumstances. What do I do? How do I do this? Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that you answered God's call to work on this project because now they're going to have a resource in you.
1: Yes. I love it. I'd love to hear from people. Be awesome.
0: Thank you so much for your time. Keno. Thank you. Blessings. I am still in tears over that interview. God is so good, even in our trials and trouble. Writing a book isn't easy. But like Kay Nell said, you are built for this. Anointed and appointed writer, will you use your voice today? The world needs your words. They need it. So badly. Friends, I have an amazing update for you. K. Nell's new book, Unable to Resist, is now available. Go to Amazon and grab yourself a copy. Get one for a friend, anyone you know who is finding themselves in the role as a full time or part time caregiver. As you've just heard on this podcast, K. Nell's Perspective is unique, and I know that everyone who reads this book will be blessed and encouraged. Enjoy. You are an anointed and pointed writer. You know that, right? You've been given a position in this moment for such a time as this. So why wait another day to begin your book? Join the Keep Writing course to get the practical instruction, peer accountability, and personalized weekly coaching that you need to make real progress on your writing project this time. Over and over, my clients tell me it is worth every penny. So go to nikamaples.com forward slash courses and click on the button to find out more. You heard me. Go. (laughs) Go do it right now. We're all waiting to meet you.